This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Whether you're a deep dish diehard or a fusion fiend, there will be something for you to tuck into this weekend. After two years, the Taste of Chicago Festival makes a long-awaited return to Grant Park today through Sunday. Joining me to talk about what's on the menu for the weekend is Chicagoan and associate editor at The Takeout, Brianna Wellen. Welcome back to Reset, Brianna. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Also here with us is Ariel Chung, food editor at the Chicago Tribune. Good to talk with you again, Ariel. Hi, great to talk with you as well. All right, so I'll start with you, Brianna. What is your food festival strategy? Like, how do you approach these things? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people want to try everything. And while that's great in theory, it's just not always possible. So I like to look through what is being offered And make a list of sort of like my most important thing to my least important thing. So that I hit like the ones that, especially at this year's festival, there's a lot of smaller businesses, food trucks that aren't as easily accessible throughout the year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like the same way Connie's Pizza is. So looking for those must-haves, hitting those first, and then seeing what you have room for from there. And you're doing that per day, right? You're kind of breaking things down day by day. Yeah. And from there, if you're going every day, you can have some fun with it, curate a theme, maybe do your own sort of like judging between a few similar food items could be a fun way to do it. But definitely just uh, set your expectations in reality. Yeah, (laughs) in reality. I like that. Uh, Ariel, how about you? What's your food festival strategy? Yeah, I think that's an excellent strategy. It is, Um, right? I am known to my loved ones for having to look at every single menu item multiple times and (laughs) calculate some complex algorithm before I can choose, like, what I'm (laughs) eating for dinner. So my taste strategy is probably equally obnoxious in that I will literally walk up and down the strip, look at every vendor and every item they have, and kind of go with what is the most exciting or you know, uh, in the same vein of something I I can't get as easily uh, in my own neighborhood or my neck of the woods. (laughs) So you're one of those that drives everyone crazy at the table. Yes, 100%. (laughs) But I I usually try and look ahead of time to at least narrow it down. Okay, good, good. Uh, (laughs) Brianna, so what are you looking forward to then uh, the most this weekend? Yeah, I definitely, uh, similar to Ariel, I've been, like, spending all morning just looking at the menus of everything on the list. Um, and something that I'm really excited about is Prime Tacos, which doesn't have a brick and mortar, so it's one of those ones that's fun to try at a festival, has a whole menu of hot Cheeto items. So hot Cheeto burger, hot Cheeto burrito, and a hot Cheeto tamale. Oh, that sounds delightful. I have a 15-year-old at home that would be, (laughs) that's going to be uh, definitely all over that. What about you, Ariel? What vendors are you excited about? Yeah, I'm very excited to see Josephine Southern cooking there. Uh, Josephine Mother Wade uh, turned 80 this year and uh, is one of I believe her restaurant is the oldest black woman-owned restaurant in the city. So a little soul food is always great, especially in the summer. I don't know. There's just something I crave. Um, I love Billy Go, and I'm really excited to see Aaron's uh, Thai restaurant there. Uh, It's a really well-established spot in the city, so that'll be a fun one to check out, too. Oh, this all sounds so amazing. Um, (laughs) I I was actually driving past the setup this morning on my way in, to the studio, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, wow, I've got to add that to my list of things to do this weekend for sure. Uh, and the weather is going to be 
pretty good. It's not going to be too hot this weekend, unlike what we've seen in, in, in weeks past. Brianna, what are you looking forward to trying maybe that you wouldn't eat in 100-degree heat? <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's going to be some good, like, jumbo, or sorry, gumbo and soups, which normally in nice. July... Of course, <laughs> this is not the time. Um, and if it does get hot, something that I like to remind people is that spicy foods makes you sweat. That helps cool you down. So don't shy away from spicy foods if it does end up getting hot this weekend. Well, that's actually a, a really great tip. Um, you spend your entire workday, Ariel, you know, thinking about the <laughs> Chicago dining scene. I mean, just even hearing about the fact that you're both spending this morning reviewing menus. I'm like, wow, this is amazing prep <laughs> that they get to do for their jobs. Um, but who would you say, Ariel, Taste of Chicago is for? I think that's a really great question, and it's something I, I think about a lot, um, not only with city events, but like with our coverage at, at the Tribune, our food coverage. You know, yeah. Who are we trying to reach here? And I think it's a wonderful uh, thing for tourists to come and visit the city and check it out. I don't know as many local Chicagoans who get as excited about the taste, but I do think that the neighborhood pop-up events probably or hopefully, you know, kind of helped with that extending out and making it more accessible to uh, a wider berth of Chicagoans. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a a good spot for everyone to check out uh, at least one. Yeah, that's a, you actually bring up a good point there, um, Ariel. Brianne, what do you think? Do you agree? Do do you, Local Chicagoans flock to Grant Park when when Taste of Chicago comes around, or I definitely think the neighborhood festivals are more where locals feel comfortable. But um, this year's lineup at Taste of Chicago has a really great representation of restaurants from all across the city, all neighborhoods. And again, it's like that nice chance to even if you've lived here your whole life, go try things that maybe aren't in your neighborhood that you haven't had a chance to explore all mm-hmm. place. You know, you, you brought up something early on, Brianna, and that was the, the access issue when it comes to the vendors here. Mm-hmm. Talk more about that. What's what's missing to you? And, and let us know if there are any vendors that you're just sad not to see on this list this year. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really tough couple years for restaurants, and I think there are a lot of places that have closed since the last Taste of Chicago happened, and that's why it's even more important to come out to events like this to support them. Um, I think it's especially exciting, too, to see these smaller, like, food trucks opening up. Chicago is notoriously not always the most kind to food trucks, and there's not always (laughs) a great place to find them. So to be able to support them in this venue is uh, a really great way to help these small businesses grow. Help the newer Chicagoan. What do you mean when you say Chicagoans are too kind to food trucks? We don't support them? Um, just some of the regulations, you know, you go to cities like Portland and they have pods where food trucks live permanently. And that's a much more accessible way for small business owners to really get a restaurant started, uh, much more affordable. Okay. And it's more, mostly festivals like this where food trucks can really shine in the city instead of that sort of day-to-day support that they can be given. So we yeah. definitely show up for them when we can, when we know where they are. Yeah, good point. Anything that you think festival goers should skip, Brianna? You know, some of my favorites are like what I would say Billy Goat. I love Billy Goat so much. You can get Billy Goat 
so many different places in the city anytime. And if you're going to this festival and you've maybe already had it or have already heard about it, some of those more well-known ones, Connie's Pizza, that's one that's always going to be around, you know? Um, so I would say like going to towards the places that maybe you've never heard of and trying something new would be a better way to go than some of the more established spots. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we are perfecting our eating strategies for this weekend's Taste of Chicago Festival in Grant Park. With me are two food editors, Brianna Wellen of The Takeout and Ariel Chung of the Chicago Tribune. Ariel, turning over to you now, what do you think is missing from the lineup this weekend? Uh, yeah, I actually have quite an extensive list, and I would like somebody do to tell. do something about this for next year. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the like floor is yours. Brown Sugar Bakery there. I'd like to see Lens Barbecue. Super Dog, J.P. Graziano's, Calumet Fisheries. Yes. I just think there are so many iconic Chicago food experiences. We actually have a list of them at the Tribune that I use all the time. But there's just so many things that if you really want to get to the taste of Chicago, there are a lot of really classic decades-old institutions, and there are a lot of really exciting new places. And that's something that I see uh, sort of lacking in this year's lineup. Um, if you think of, like, Soul and Smoke, which mm-hmm. uh, is at Lollapalooza and yes. does a lot of street festivals, they're yeah. one of the... I just had that last new... weekend. So good. Yeah. So, one so of the good. most exciting barbecue places in Chicago. Um, and I just think that's something that, I don't know if maybe there's a way to create, like, a new restaurant corner uh, or something to just kind of expand on on what we're calling the taste of the city. The taste of Chicago. Uh, what kinds of barriers would you say, Ariel, exist that keep these more these smaller businesses from participating? Sure. Yeah. Well, vendors do have to pay a, a hefty fee to to buy in or participate. I think it's a thousand dollars this year for regular vendors, and then a hundred dollars per day for food trucks. But I did notice, I was looking at the application this morning, because I was just kind of curious about this myself, mm-hmm. and the vendors that participate in the pop-up neighborhood events, um, which are earlier in the year, I think it was in mostly June, actually get paid a stipend. Um, so I don't know if that's perhaps a way that people can mm. participate in both aspects of those larger kind of expanded Taste of Chicago series, and then, you know, be able to get that big tourism draw at the ultimate, you know, grand part version of it. But I did think that was an interesting way. And and I'm wondering if that was the city's way of making it more accessible this year for vendors to participate in a a wider berth of the taste event. Very interesting. Did you know about that change, Brianna? I didn't. And I I do love that for the neighborhood festivals, because like Ariel said, the cost to just participating, just getting your spot let alone like closing down possibly a restaurant for the day. Um, yeah, it does. There's there should be a better system that benefits the restaurant more from the jump. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are some great artists, too, that are performing this weekend. Nelly is headlining the, the main stage tonight, actually. Um, Brianna, why don't you suggest a, a couple food pairings that you think would go with the music lineup? Oh, man, I've been <laughs> thinking so much about this. Uh, <laughs> I love to pair foods with moments and nelly uh, going back to the sort of it's going to be gorgeous weather but the first thing i think of is hot in here so just this mix of like <laughs> good one spicier foods yes and then maybe you can hit you know your desserts your cooler items as well once that gets a little too hot 
instead of don't take off your clothes, like he says, in a public forum, just go get some ice cream. <laughs> now you have me singing the song in my head, of course. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about tipping, too. How much do you tip vendors at a festival like this? I've always wondered that. I always like, like, what's appropriate? Yeah, I, 20%, I think, is always just a great baseline. Across the board. Um, yeah. Across the board. Some of the items might be upcharged at an event like this, and just try to tip as much as possible. Um, if there's, like, a cash jar out, I always try to drop, like, at least five bucks for every time I visit a tent. Some of these workers are going to be out there all day. Again, you don't know what the weather is going to be like. We don't know what the pay is for working at a festival, depending on yeah. the charge. I just think the more you tip, the better. And that, again, is like helping support our restaurant industry workers who have had a really tough couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Ariel, uh, the taste is switching from uh, a paper ticket system to having customers pay food vendors directly. What does that change? I think it makes it a lot easier, honestly. I always had to do the calculus mm-hmm. of making my tickets match up with my, you know, items and the taste portions mm-hmm. are, you know, some were, I think, six tickets and some were four. And by the end of it, I always ended up with, like, one or two extra tickets I couldn't do anything with. So in my mind, it's a, it's a positive change uh, and, and hopefully maybe reduces some of the line waiting that uh, we all love to experience yeah. at a fest. Let's quickly talk about non-food related attractions, Ariel. Anything stand out to you this year? I mean, uh, you had me at giant pizza cutter. <laughs> yeah, what saying. was that? <laughs> Do you know have any more information on that? Please help me out. I wish that I did. It sounds like it's kind of a photo op, Instagrammable, like here's oh me with a giant pizza cutter and as someone who has never met a pizza she doesn't like, uh, that, that sounds great to me. It speaks to me. <laughs> I just hope no one gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, uh, Brianna? What's, what's standing out as a non-food-related attraction? I'm just, like, really wondering if they're going to have a giant pizza to show off the cutters. It, does it work? I'm also very intrigued by that one. Um, and I'm also kind of excited for the... Eli's Cheesecake Birthday Celebration, where you can just gather in the park and everybody gets to sing happy birthday. Eli is nice. 42 this year, so That's nice. <laughs> Any uh, other food events you're looking forward to this summer, Ariel? I love the neighborhood street festivals. Um, I know that Lakeview does a huge taco fest that is, you know, very highly regarded and gets Ooh, very that? crowded at times, but... Uh, it's just all of the tacos. I don't want to say all of the tacos. But it's pretty much all of the tacos, and everyone competes for who wins best taco of the fest. So that's always a fun one to go to, but I try and be strategic to beat the crowd. When is that, usually? I think it's in August, okay. but I, I moved down to the south side, so okay. I'm, I'm not as up-to-date. I'll have to look into that, because you know this is my first actual summertime shy, because last year... My first actual summer in Chicago, I didn't really get to do much because, you know, we had a little thing called Delta that was ruining our lives. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't really get to do much. So now I finally get to explore. Uh, What about you, Brianne? Any food events that you're looking forward to? Yeah, similarly, all the neighborhood festivals, like one of the best parts about being in Chicago in the summer is just sort of stumbling upon them as you're walking through the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like some of the drink festivals. The Sangria Festival is in Hubble Park in August. 
um, just pace yourself at that one. But Writing really that fun. down. That is <laughs> Brianna Wellen, who is an associate editor at The Takeout, and Ariel Chung, food editor at the Chicago Tribune. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.